Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. What? You've been studying the book of Leviticus for 13 weeks, and we're in our 14th week, and why do you keep all those laws in the book of Leviticus? Yes, that's what we're talking about in this episode. Hello, my name is Justin Kim, host of Inverse, the podcast and the video cast you're watching, if you're watching or listening. And in the studio, we have Jonathan and Israel and Siku, and then it's the four of us that remain here on the Inverse team. (laughs) And we're so glad that you are our fifth member out there. And we are studying the book of Leviticus. We have been here for, four. this is the 14th week, guys. Mm, This is mm. the 14th week. And we've looked at a lot of stuff, a lot of deep stuff, a lot of high stuff, a lot of wide stuff, a lot of lot of, you know, shallow stuff, <laughs> a lot of shallow stuff, <laughs> juicy, a lot of juicy stuff. stuff. Mm. Uh, great question that, that I think everyone may have had or may be thinking, and I just kind of suppressed until now, is do we have to keep all those laws? There's a lot of laws in Leviticus. That, that is a reason why Leviticus could be considered dry. Mm. And how do you distinguish whether some are done? And then the accusation is, hey, you kind of cherry pick the ones that you want to pick. Uh, or, hey, do, do you all do the, I mean, we can, there's always weird laws that we can think of. Mm. Um, there is that one book of that one person who's tried to live biblically for a whole mm-hmm. year, very literally, and that didn't work out. So that, is that what we're talking about? So we will have a word of prayer. We will go into the Bible. We'll go to Leviticus chapter 26, mm. and then we'll, we'll, we'll hang out. Yeah, sound good? So let's see, who's up to bat? Jonathan. Yep. How you doing? Pray. Good. Let's pray. Yeah, let's pray. (laughs) (laughs) Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much that you've been with us for 13 weeks already, Mm. uh, diving into the book of Leviticus. We thank you that you have taught us many lessons, given us a new perspective on some things, and we pray now that you will help us to put it all into the right perspective. What about Mm. these laws? How do they apply to us? And do we keep them? Do we not? What does it mean? Please give us insight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3. Verse 3, and Siku, if you could read that for us. Sure. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight, your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. Skip down to verse 14, and uh, Jonathan, if you don't mind reading there. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if you soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. Now skip down to verse 40, 40. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, 
with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, that they were also that they also have walked contrary to me, and that 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 I have also walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If their uncircumcised hearts are humble, then they accept their guilt. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land. Uh, there is a lot going on here, but we kind of hit the highlights here. There's a lot of ifs, yes, a lot of if-then statements going on here. Uh, Israel, what's going on in this chapter? I think essentially as the book is coming <clears throat> to a close, mm -hmm. it's ending with blessings and curses that God mm -hmm. leaves before his people. If you obey my laws, this is what's going to happen. If you choose not to obey my laws, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And p part of these things are, yeah, the direct wrath of God based on, you know, uh, disobedience. Mm -hmm. Part of it is actually just the result of what happens when uh, naturally, when we naturally choose to disobey God. So mm -hmm. there's an element of both. Sometimes God punishes and sometimes he allows things to run their course. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens as a direct result of disobedience. At the same time, when we obey God, there are blessings that follow in the same way mm -hmm. because God actively blesses and also because the natural course of our actions lead to a better life. And both of those things are expressed in this chapter. Mm -hmm. In verse uh, 3 and 4, when uh, Siku was reading, we talked about, uh, the Bible talks about rain and season. So this is, in a sense, it's poetic. Mm -hmm. God isn't literally saying, if you obey, uh, if you obey, then I'll make it rain. So if it's raining outside, hey, it must be a good time. He's saying in an agricultural society, the one thing that they need is rain. Mm -hmm. And so that I'm giving you what you need is, is probably the underlying message there. Um, I guess, I get excited because this is, I, I love structure and I like the little patterns. And Leviticus is kind of like a mountaintop. And so for the first five episodes, we looked at chapters one through about one, one through 15. And it's talking about sanctuary elements, about the priests, about offerings, what, what's happening inside the sanctuary. Mm. Then we're at the top of the, the mountaintop with the 16. This is the Day of Atonement. And then now from 17 to 26, what scholars call the, the holiness code. Mm. And these are different random, what seems like random laws. Um, and so before we get into the law discussion, the laws can only be established once you have the, the, the sanctuary, mm. uh, uh, sanctuary ceremonies set up. Uh, in other words, that Jesus is the means by which everything happens. Mm. He's the means which he sets up this new kingdom, and he's the one that enables us, and he's the one that's going to get rid of all sin in 16. Mm. And so on that premise, these are the laws that are given. Mm. Uh, sometimes we often kind of get the other way around. Like God is here. Here are my laws. Oh, you can't keep them. Well, all right. Well, here's the sanctuary to, so that you can, in order for you to, and, and, and it's, it's the other way mm. around. It's kind of like, uh, it reminds me of this, that structure of the Ten mm. Commandments where it starts with, you know, I am the Lord your God who got you out of mm. Egypt. Grace, mm. you know, mm. help, mm. salvation, and mm. then the laws come. So mm. the focus is on, as you said, on Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, also, it also reminds me of the, minist the, the ministry of Jesus, right? And the constant, you know, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And, yeah. and he's coming to establish a new kingdom. Actually, the kingdom which Christ established uh, or w which Christ establishes in the Old Testament has a lot of that reflected in the book of Leviticus, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If we were to have followed. That's where Jesus is getting a lot of right. his uh, stuff. Yeah. He's quoting from Leviticus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was it. Oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, thanks for it.
taking my PowerPoint <laughs> and making it for you. I well, it. Let me, let me, this, so this is the, the question I had at the top of the, the, top of the show is that, how, are we cherry picking? Because there are some weird verses like, hey, you shouldn't touch someone who's on their monthly cycle. You shouldn't even touch them. There's others you can't mix the two um, fabrics together. Uh, there's others that are, you know, about agricultural stuff, stuff that seems a little bit distant from us. And there's other stuff like, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and they're like, man, that's totally applicable. Um, give us some principles, parameters of what we can do and, and what categories there are of, of you know, help us here. Siku. The, the first one is, is related to the point that you and Israel were making together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that Jesus, Jesus quotes from the Old Testament. Yes. And um, he, he reiterates, mm. um, sometimes like, uh, brings the deeper meaning and the mm. fuller meaning of what was stated in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And if Jesus has repeated it, then we know for sure that it's something that is going right. to be applicable to yeah, our lives. So yeah. that's okay, principle number one, Jesus says it's good, yeah. it's good. That's All a right. good point, I never and thought about it. I, if there's something that, when I was in, uh, studying religion theology, one of the things that people would say was that in the book of Leviticus you find both ceremony, every law is ceremonial and moral mm. and that's what they used to say see how the the whole law ceremonial and moral law was done away with at the cross mm -hmm. i think what siku said is a perfect example of the fact that there are some things that christ repeats if christ repeats mm -hmm. it yeah. then that means it wasn't done away with mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. but so i mean israel kind of alluded to it there's various categories so mm -hmm. there's a there's a moral law that's what we you know the ten commandments mm -hmm. that's that's very clear-cut do not steal, you know, do not kill. Let's speak about morality. Morality, mm -hmm. and that, that is uh, timeless. That doesn't change, mm -hmm. right? Uh, then there is ceremonial laws that have to do, they are directly connected to the ceremonies, the rituals, the different religious activities that were had to do with the sanctuary system, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and those were important because they, I mean, they were literally there in the presence of God. They, were, they had to be very particular and, and and so these were, a lot of these laws are in here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the, the moral law is, uh, some moral laws like love your neighbor as yourself is like kind of thrown in there with mm -hmm, it, you know, with mm -hmm. other things. But um, uh, so those are two categories mm -hmm. now because the sanctuary system is no longer present. Th that's no longer a thing because Jesus fulfilled these things. He, he literally became the embodiment of all that. Uh, a lot of these ceremonial laws uh, became unnecessary, but they were never bad. They were never mm -hmm. wrong. They were just... Uh, they served a purpose at the time, and today they have been replaced by direct connection to Jesus through prayer and all the uh, religious activities. But then Jesus even instituted new ceremonial laws, or he adjusted old ones. For example, um, you know, communion, mm -hmm. that's, you know, the, the, the Last Supper, mm -hmm. that was in connection with Passover. Yeah, uh, but true, he kind of adjusted true. it a little, made it applicable to him as it always was, but, you know, now that he's here. Mm -hmm. And so there are still ceremonial laws around, mm -hmm. in a way, mm -hmm. uh, in the New Testament. And then... Of course, there's also civil laws that um, that apply these principles in the context of a, of the theocracy of Israel. So, mm -hmm. like the govern the go general everyday government of Israel and the society. So, mm -hmm. it, because it's not always laid out in a very structured OCD mm -hmm. way, the way Justin <laughs> Kim wanted, it can seem like oh, okay, all of this is just old and we don't need it anymore. But yeah. Understanding those categories really helps to see what's still applicable. So what you're, when you're saying, when you're saying well, very, I mean, that, that's, there's a lot of clarity in what you just said, um, but also it seems like it requires some thinking. Yeah. And just, you're not just gonna read and just mindlessly follow, yeah. but you mean thinking and not trying to, you know. A lot of people do mindlessly follow and then, then just 
ends yeah, up being totally right. But then, like, like you said, like the civil laws, I think yeah. he's like, hey, if you're doing this and then, and then it's bad, then the whole community should go out and stone them. Mm-hmm. That's not something that's permissible in a, in a non-theocracy state right. today. That's not permissible. And, and but we I, can extract the principle uh, right. yeah, and apply it some way. And if I can add to that, because yep. a lot of people have problems with some of these laws, like stoning somebody for, the, for adultery, right? Mm-hmm. We don't do that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to understand that the context in which these laws were given was in the literal, visible presence of God. Mm-hmm. So if you commit certain sins or sins, and rebellious sins, in the literal, undeniable presence of God, He's there in the cloud of pillar or in the, in the, in the, in the pillar of fire, right? The Shekinah glory in the sanctuary. Like there is no denying God exists. All, like this generation has seen the presence of God, right? Mm-hmm. If you do it then, there is God... God cannot do anything for you anymore. Like you have, you have stepped into a realm of like, if you are rebellious in that attitude, you are saying, I do not care that God is right there. I'm going to mm-hmm. do whatever I want. That is a very poisonous you know, thing for mm-hmm. the whole society. That's why the, 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 <clears throat> the measures were pretty drastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, things, in that regard, things have changed to today. Like, that's why we don't have it because we're not in a theocracy anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. some, no, go ahead, go ahead, Sigil. Well, I, I, I just wanted to underscore what Justin was saying. That was mm-hmm. literally my response to um, Jonathan's um, distinctions, mm-hmm. was applying our minds to actually parsing out what is yes. happening. And mm-hmm. we kind of talked about it at, right at the beginning, like entering into the book of Leviticus, and you kind of have to slow down mm-hmm. and stop and think. Mm-hmm. And there are clues in, even in the text, you know, mm-hmm. clues to like, this is why I'm telling you to do this. And then you're like, okay, well, the why doesn't apply to my situation, so I need to go to, like, what's the principle behind it? Extract Mm -hmm. the principle, and then the application is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So exercising our minds to decipher between principle Mm. and application, um, because you have all of it there baked into um, Leviticus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you talked about earlier in the show about cherry-picking and how do we make sure we not do that, it's... What's beautiful about the book is that it allows us to use our minds to understand how we apply principles, Mm -hmm. yet at the same time, we can find clarity where the moral law of God is. Mm. Because the moral law of God is a reflection of His character. It's a statement of who He is. And that He does not leave for us to kind of process and decide on our own. The main significance between the moral law of God, the Ten Commandments, and anything else is that God himself wrote that with his own finger, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And this automatically differentiates this from anything else that God says in terms of his civil laws or his ceremonial laws or anything else, his word. And so I think that from this perspective, you can really see there's no cherry picking here because God says, look, don't kill. Mm-hmm. It's never okay to kill. Under a theocracy, is not okay to kill. Uh, you know, in a theocracy, is not. It's never okay to kill. Now, the, um, the the government might respond now differently to what you do, but regardless of whether you're breaking the law, the civil law of the United States or of Austria, Zimbabwe, or wherever, Korea, Korea, Mexico. <laughs> Do we keep on going with other countries? Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaica, he's, you know, is uh, Virginia its own country? Or, yeah. Texas. So, yeah, Texas, right? So regardless of whether or not us breaking the moral law of God is illegal where we live, it is still a, 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 a sin. Mm-hmm. 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 I, was say, I, was, I was just going to yeah. another principle, yeah, I think. For sure. um, and 
it's applicable in Leviticus, but I think general, just in general when we are approaching scripture, is having a heart that is willing to obey whatever it is that God says. Yes. Um, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Go, go for it. Go for <laughs> so, it. Yep. Um, th that the the posture that we come to Scripture with actually is incredibly s deterministic of our ability to comprehend what we're mm. reading in Scripture. Mm. And so, if we come with a posture that already I w there's what I want to do, and I'm going to impose that on Scripture, mm -hmm. um, then you get out of the Bible whatever you want. And mm -hmm. that's why people say oh, the Bible's been used to start wars, and because you can use the Bible as a tool to do whatever, because mm -hmm. you'll find it all in there. Mm -hmm. um, but having a heart that has, uh, that, that has that attitude of I want to do what God tells me to do, and whatever He shows me to do, I will obey. Mm -hmm. And then we can trust, and I believe this with all of my heart, that when we have that kind of attitude, there is no way that God will leave you languishing. Mm -hmm. Like He will always come through and show you what is truth. He will find a way to get truth to you if, if I already have an attitude, a willingness to, to know what is truth so that I can obey. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's you know, key as we're go, you know, going in and then applying our minds and then that allows the Holy Spirit to guide our thinking. Mm -hmm. Now as we compare scripture with scripture, what does it say here and then um, look at the Bible holistically, but just even that posture right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 just to piggyback on that, uh, when we, chapter 26, Leviticus 26 is really talking about, and, I, and it's all the way at the end of Leviticus, is there anything after this? No, or it's 27. Oh, it's 27. Um, <laughs> it's at the end, and it's saying, what uh, presupposition do you have in your heart? Yeah. So, in other words, what sunglasses are you wearing mm. when you're encountering God's Word, the laws specifically? Yeah. And in verse chapter 26, verse uh, 3, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commands and perform them. So, if your presupposition, if your assumption is, Lord, whatever you want to say, I want to keep, mm -hmm. if that's that's a setting the mode that you're on, mm -hmm. then God is in the business of blessing you. But if it's not, then we do we do end up cherry pick, cherry picking, and we end up using the Bible to justify you know, slavery, Everything. rape, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want. And then the accusations that people have against Bible believing Christians is true, uh, in the sense that uh, well, in the, no, no, the other point is that I, Leviticus we should keep a hundred percent. And but even those points that 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 are fulfilled by Jesus, we are keeping them yes. in, in Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So it's not that I want, I'm keeping this, I'm not keeping this. Oh, I don't have to keep that. But if I were in a theocracy, right, I would have kept it. Right. Until Jesus comes again and creates a new theocracy. I mean, it's so by not being in a theocracy, I'm still obeying God by not keeping. Right. And, does that make sense? The Lord says that we do it. Correct. Yeah. And then you know, in in Christ, in Jesus as my high priest, I am in a sense keeping the offerings laws and the, the feast days in Christ and the Sabbath in Christ. And then in my relationships with people, I am keeping the moral law. In my yes. relation with God, I am keeping the moral law. So we are still keeping the law, but yeah. how we're keeping it is also in a biblical way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so important because whenever we talk about this, uh, some, some viewer, and even in my heart, I might immediately think, well, okay, legalism is one aspect here, or, you know, uh, it's just to feel trapped or whatever it is. But we have to remember the context. This is given to the people of Israel, and they see, you know, you might think, like, whoa, this is pretty harsh or this is pretty mm. strong, but hey, God just, God really cares for these people. Mm. Here's a million and a half people wandering through the desert, 
they, like he is literally providing food every day supernaturally, mm -hmm. okay? He provides water for them to drink. He saved them with an incredible supernatural miracle, like plagues and, and the water parting. Like they see how good God is to them. Mm -hmm. And so their motivation for obedience to these laws is not, oh, you know, he's God and he said it, even though that's not necessarily a bad principle, but it, it's he is a good God and therefore I, I will happily obey because it makes, you know, he, he said it and as they keep it, they will see how much it makes sense. So anyone who's struggling with keeping the law, you know, these things, I want to encourage you, look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. look, at, look at the lawgiver mm -hmm. and, and see how good he actually is. Mm -hmm. And then when, when it comes to keeping God's commandments and God's law, uh, yeah, try it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, what can it hurt? This guy you mentioned, he's not a believer, but he kept the laws, right? The guy who mentioned for, for a year, he kept all the mm -hmm. laws of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right, and he did see some positive aspects of it too. You know, it wasn't just you know oh, terrible. Mm -hmm. So there's this, uh, there's, but you know, when you keep it by faith, you will experience the sanctifying power of God, the wholeness it brings, and he will, you know, he will empower us just to to tap in that dimension that he's providing. Could mm -hmm. I underscore the keeping by faith? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, because it's essential, like realizing that. Uh, I don't know if I'm harping on this too much, but that keeping, if we were to try and keep and mm. do everything that God asks of us, mm. it's impossible, right? And it's overwhelming and it's frustrating. And there's a reason why people have a visceral reaction against like legalism. And it's because even if your heart is in the right place to do it and you find that the things that you want to do, you cannot do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's frustrating and you can, you can, go into like spiritual depression, so to speak. Like, mm. you know, what's the point in all of this? But the beauty of this, and I, I love, uh, I've really enjoyed studying through Le Leviticus and seeing Jesus right at the beginning. Yes. Like mm. it starts with an emphasis on, I am providing for you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so by the time we get to, you know, these are the laws and it's, it's on the foundation that, yes. hey, I have made provision for you. Mm. I've not only made provision for you, I, I recognize your, your failures. I recognize your, 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 your inadequacies. Your, yes. Mm -hmm. And then, your weakness. and yeah. then I, I have provided for it's all known. And yep. I've provided for that. Yep. And then once you have made a decision that I, I want to obey God and I'm putting my life on his, on his side and I want his power in my mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. and he's empowering me to obey, there may be times that I fail. Mm -hmm. Knowingly, unknowingly, but it's all right there. <laughs> it's like, I already know all of this. I have made provision for you. Mm -hmm. And so this, this call to obey yeah. doesn't come in a vacuum. This call right. to, to live in accordance with God's law, it comes in the context of a God who has made provision for us mm -hmm. to live a holy life. And he's saying, I am able to keep you from falling. Mm -hmm. Amen, 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 amen. Israel and, and John. The, you know, verse 45 says, but for their sake, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. And what I think in the beginning you mentioned, Siku, Jesus is mentioned. Mm. And in the end, when you reach the conclusion of the book of Leviticus, Christ is mentioned again. I think mm. we cannot separate the book of Leviticus from the rest of scripture, mm. right? We can't just focus our attention on one aspect of God yeah. and compartmentalize them into, okay, he's just in the absence of everything else. Like everything that God does from Genesis to Revelation is always for others. Mm -hmm. It's always for his creation. That's, that's the only way he knows how to operate. And it's impossible to get that picture outside of a complete reading of scripture. Mm. Look, at, look at verse 
three onward, right? The diversity of blessings that God gives yeah. to his people. That's a lot. He says, I'm going to cause rain to come there. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to protect you from your enemies. All like, in other words, I'm, I'm not going to just show you that I love you in one way mm -hmm. or that I care about you in, way, in one way, but I'm going to do it from every angle. You won't be able to escape it. Mm -hmm. Whether it comes to your sustenance there, whether it comes to your peace, it's going to be there everywhere you look. You're going to mm. be able to see who God is. His blessings are going to literally run after you all the days of your life. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, this is what I want. This is how I will provide for you. Yes. Now, if you disobey me, because obedience is ultimately the foundational contract of love between us and God, right? If we disobey his word, then yeah, curses are going to come mm -hmm. and the curses are severe. But at the end of those curses, he says, yet if you confess, yeah. If you at Still the end, opportunity. yeah, if you repent of what you have done, I, mm. he says, I will, for your sake, he says, not for my sake, mm -hmm. for your sake, I will not forget the covenant that yeah. I made yeah. to you and to your And people. when he curses, he's not, he's not the one that's causing all these bad things to happen. He's withdrawing all of his blessings. That's seven times worse than, than where, where, where it could have been. Mm -hmm. right. uh, God is saying, hey, in his passion of having given all these and you still reject, then he's like, then I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the table. Yeah. I mean, it, because of our... And he doesn't do it with an angry heart in yep. the sense that, oh, well, you're on your own now. He's like, basically, it's a teaching moment, you know, trying to win them back. Even the, even the curses are a way to win them back. Mm. I love what you, both of you said, Siku and Israel, about how God provides and makes provision. God makes provision for the process of a human being finally coming to him and giving their life to him, even with, it, with, it, with its up and downs. And see, we see that in Leviticus, there are, it's not just, here are all the laws, keep them now. It's like, here are the laws, but here's also the sacrifice. You have the law, you have the sacrifice that will help you and you fall. And you have the Day of Atonement that will help you to, you know, to stay true to your repentance. He, he provides both. And that is, that's the beauty of, of grace and truth and, and, and law combined, mm. which of course is personified in Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, who, who desires to live in us. And it's just amazing how the Leviticus is really bringing the gospel mm. in, in right into the Old Testament, the heart of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And just mm -hmm. to, I mean, just, just going with the, that provision concept, you know, um, heard of, it's, it's bifurcated sometimes, but talking about the, the Ten Commandments, you know, God's moral law as, as the Ten Words. Um, and I've heard some call it like the Ten Promises, mm -hmm. right? That the way that it is stated is, I am the Lord who brought you out of captivity, out of house, house of bondage, you shall not. As mm -hmm. in, you will not do this because of who I am and mm -hmm. because of what I've done for you, this is, it's kind of like, yes, it's, we have to make a decision that this is the life that we choose, but he is the one who mm. will do it in us, mm -hmm. right? He, he will work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Mm -hmm. And really taking like all these things, it's the beauty that, of the life that God wants us to have, even mm -hmm. on this earth mm -hmm. as, as a preparation for the life he wants for us in heaven is that you, you will have relationships that are meaningful. You will have fellowship amongst mm. each other. You'll have community. And this is how you will do it. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Siku. I want to encourage you guys to go to inversebible.org and look at the Bible study on the covenants, which talks about the law being lived out by Christ's power in us. And that's what Siku and Israel and Jonathan, we've been talking about on this quarter of, of on Leviticus. Stay with us as we, as we have concluded this week on the topic of Leviticus. We talk about a new topic next week on, well, I'll wait till next week to mention it. 
Hopefully this has been a great quarter on this Old Testament book and has provided some juice for your spiritual life. Let us know on the social media comments how it has impacted you and your friends and your family and your community. See you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.